I am recording now. That should just be the open to every show is you saying we are recording. Well, now it has to be. <laughs> That's at least the opening for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, t- I'm tired today at the level of um, my, might as well have not gotten to sleep. I know. You seem all frumpy and sleepy. <laughs> I hate that uh, frumpy again. I hate that. It's not like, uh, you know, it's like. Not only are you wasting time sleeping, you wake up and you didn't even get any benefit out of it. I know. That, that uh, my sleep's been all messed up forever. Well, you're on Looney Tune pills, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, I, yeah, do we ever, even, I don't know if we even talked about this on here, but, like, I have these headaches and various issues. So, like, now I'm on this mission to, like, get it all figured out. And one of the things is uh, sleep apnea. So, I do this, like, crazy home test. Mm-hmm. That was like crazy. You have to like wire yourself up to these like 30 wires and like you're trying to sleep, but you're like rolling around because you're not used to being covered in wires. And mm-hmm. it was pretty horrible. And you have to do it for three days. So then they said that it seemed like it was borderline. So now I have to go sleep at some place. <laughs> <laughs> and and what's, mo- what's the best part is that the place is like the official thing because like somebody like watches you if you have like apnea overnight they like Mm -hmm. put this mask on you and if it gets better then you know you have it and so that's like they should just do that it's one night and then you know you or whatever but instead of course the insurance company is like no no no, we're not paying for that you got to do the home one first which is ridiculous and then if that shows anything then you can go to this thing I'm I'm pretty certain I have that too because I I don't breathe at all. I wake up all the time I'm like all stuffy. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not at the point where I'm gonna do anything about it. There's certain things yeah. where I'm perfectly happy just living my life through and dying without addressing it all. It took it. It's been like ten years. I've been pushing it off, so I feel like I'm tired of not feeling well. It's taking me a while. Um, what are we doing today? What's going on at uh, Userscape? You guys are all over the place with the announcements and stuff. I know. It's crazy. Well, hold on. before we get into that, let's talk about uh, Bootstrap Con, Bootstrap Conference, boot, Bootstrapped FM Conference. Yeah. So we were chatting about this, and we think we're going to push it back a little bit, keep, keep, keep it up there and everything, but I think trying to do it this fall is going to be too, personally for me, it's too much with like health stuff and all the other shit we're doing. Um, but I still want to do it. So it's like, I feel like we got to push ahead, but but it might be like next year that we're thinking. Well, I don't know what were your thoughts. I, with this conference, I, I pretty much just do what you want to do because <laughs> <laughs> you have so much more experience over this than I do. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'll, I'll go up and I'll do a keynote and I'll manage it. But as far as... Figuring out how the math works and if the math works and, and if the logistics are working out, that requires like experience and you have much more of that than I do. So I'm perfectly happy letting you take care of that. And if you say next year's better, then next year's better or whatever. That is one of the interesting things about this is since we like, like I've seen conferences that didn't have enough people and that is really bad and expensive for the people throwing it. And mm-hmm. then, but then we, you know, we personally throw Laracon and that has just so much demand that we don't even do anything for it. People just like show up and there's hundreds of people on the waiting list. So like, it's like I have this experience, but not really. Cause I've, I've never had to like throw like just a conference you have to make happen. Like the Laracon, I mean, there's all the details with throwing this big conference. So that aspect of it is true. But then there's the like marketing side of it is just 
you know, it kind of sells itself on the Laravel side there. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of like weird experience I have in that regard. But yeah, I don't know. Like, oh, yeah, it's just so much going on and this like all this health crap. I mean, uh, they've checked out everything and I'm not actually dying. So that's good. But it's like, <laughs> like all the real stuff is fine, but it's just like day in, day out, like slogging through it, which is the hard part. But um, I don't know. So that makes me kind of loathe to take on more stuff and i already have like a conference in the fall that i agreed to months ago so i'm doing that which it's kind of local you should come to that that would be a good thing for you to come to actually it's only in saratoga it's which one up. is that it's the level up conference level up everybody should go check that out guys i know throwing that and uh it's in beautiful saratoga new york which that's a lovely time to be there it's in october yeah i submitted my talk they didn't respond to me so i don't like them anymore <laughs> <laughs> You always hold a grudge against everybody. <laughs> hold a grudge against everybody. The uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they've announced all the speakers yet. So you're not necessarily out. I don't. I got the impression there's still more people <laughs> coming. But I, I don't know for sure. I'm not involved in planning it. So you got to go to that Mc Mc. Uh, what is that place I tweeted you? McDonald's. The, uh, Mc, McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to help your health issues. <laughs> uh, the Mick something colony. What is that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's your thing you found. I thought you like knew it off the top of your head. You know what? I tweeted that years ago. Tweeted it. I posted it years ago. Now I got to go find it. Hold on. It's like, it was like two days ago. All right. People are going to have to listen to my DOS keyboard. Ah, DOS keyboard. They hear it anyway whenever you type something. I try not to. DOS keyboard is awesome. Where is, where is this... Damn WordPress. Oh, how does that guy own an entire company based off of the CMS? Can't do anything in it. Posts. Search. Colony. McDowell Colony. McDowell Colony. McDowell Colony. There's a McDowellColony.org, I think, and there's a, a video on there. It's um It's awesome. It's one of those um it's one of those uh, places where writers and artists and musicians and, and people in the arts, uh, they sort of apply to this and they get a grant. You kind of have to um, you kind of have to apply to it because there's a very limit. It's like a very prestigious type of acceptance type of a thing. And it's basically uh, like a, a bunch of cabins, isolated cabins in this place in the woods. And each cabin is like is like geared towards a certain um, uh, like art, like one for writers, one for sculptors, one for artists, one for musicians, whatever. And you're completely isolated. And the whole point is that you apply and they take care of you for whatever, however long it takes you to, I guess, to complete your book or your painting or whatever it is. And you're in the woods, you're being inspired, your meals are delivered to you by this nice little old man who delivers like, everybody's <laughs> meals to, by the door. They, they don't even touch you when... You gotta eat. They just leave the meals in a little basket by the door, and it's just magically there when you when you're hungry. Um, and then at the in the evening, when you want to talk to other people, you show up at like this main house with everybody, and you talk to like the most brilliant people on the planet um, across uh, genres of art. And the whole point is that like there's like these famous artists and famous writers like who've gone to this place to write in very famous novels and stuff. And so if you're a starting out writer and you happen to get, you know, you, you happen to be really good and you apply to the McDowell Colony, you get approved and accepted and you go there and you're literally occupying the space that like the most famous writers in the world have been at. And they wrote their most, like you're sitting in the same chair. It must be very, it must be very, very inspiring. 
It's um, pretty cool. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like it. six weeks you get to stay there or something. Is that how long it was? Yeah, I, I, think I was remember like I posted this a long time ago on the blog. I heard it on NPR. Um, but yeah, there's a video. We'll link to it in the show notes. So I'm saying you should go to one of these cabin in the wood type of things where nobody touches you. It's like Bill get Gates. Off the grid. Yeah, it, it's been known like uh, for a while that Bill Gates at least used to take these two week cabin in the wood reading holidays where he just grabbed a whole bunch of books and the cabin is completely offline and he just goes to like sort of reset himself. I would, I would like to do something like that. I think, see the problem, that's what, it's all the confluence of things though. It's like the business, three kids, one of them's a baby. So it's not so easy to just disappear. For the two whole weeks. point is that I can't be easy because if it was easy, <laughs> you wouldn't need to go in the first place. I, I told, I told Jamie about this. She, she wasn't a fan. Yeah. She's like, as long as you take, kids with you I'm like well, no that would defeat the purpose i'll be back in six weeks see you later yeah so the mcdowell colony i would totally not for the reason that like we would go we would go to relax i know you're supposed to go there to work yes yeah, <laughs> to go there to work in isolation yeah I'm like my like goal is to do nothing for six weeks i actually do have next not next week the week after we have uh we're going on vacation so You'll see. That, that's usually semi-relaxing. So, I'm um, right. So the conference we talked about that's not going to happen anytime soon. But the the, the web page is up. So uh, that's at conference.bootstrapped.fm, right? Yeah. Yep. So if you're interested, sign up there, and we'll just get, yeah, still get the mailing list going. So when we decide to have it, uh, probably next year, early next year, later next year, whatever, we'll have that mailing list, and we'll let you know. Plus, I wouldn't mind doing if. Uh we might also like you know if we are someplace. I think that's. I think it's kind of good to have a mailing list in general. I almost kind of want to. Kind of like the idea of we should have a mailing list. Like Bootstrap FM should have a mailing list. So I don't know. I might even tweak it to that a little bit because like for the conference, but also like whatever. What if we both go to level up and people want to hang out or whatever or whatever. Like or we want to just do a little thing in New York City because we're both right here and. You know, it's just going to be, you know, a day or meet up for a night or whatever, but like we can get a hold of everybody and do some different things. So right now we can't get a hold of anybody. So it's. I, I do want to do, do like a little thing in New York City. I don't know how many of our listeners are in New York City. And from the forum, it doesn't look like that many because people have chimed in as to where the conference should be. They're like, Mars. I know. That's <laughs> the other thing. Every single, every single person on the forums was like, why don't you do it? Every single post was like about Europe, which I did mention that Europe would be cool, but at the same time, like it's probably not practical for us to do the first conference in Europe. So it's, uh, I think uh, there was a, definitely a lot for England. I mean, maybe we should, uh, we need an excuse when, when I'm uh, rested and ready to take on a big event here. Maybe we need to do, do it in England. Maybe that would be something different, but that's a, I don't know. It's such a bear, like just getting over there and <laughs> having to find a venue. And I mean, lots of people offered to help, which would be helpful obviously but i don't know there's so many little details with it like there's just one million little details and to be in like a foreign country and have a whole new level of details when like people want you to pay vat or whatever who the hell knows i don't know how that stuff works but i, I agree the logistics are just like even more difficult because it's overseas and all you can't ship stuff it's hard like, enough we end as up, it is we end up shipping stuff a lot like to ourselves and like so like you're just trying to ship stuff. It's got to go on an airplane. Like, you know, it's like whatever, all kinds of stuff like that. But it is intriguing. Um, where is this thing? Washboard.co. Uh, I mentioned yeah. it in passing in the last episode when we talked to the guys from Userscape. 
right. about getting $20, $20 worth of quarters for $27. Right. <laughs> People thought it was a joke. Um, so this company, basically, those of you who live under a rock, you should know about this if you listen to this show because you're in the same circles. Right. It's important. Uh, basically, a SaaS that gives you 20 bucks worth of quarters uh, for $27 or something like that for a laundry. Yeah. I'm guessing people who live in Soho and can't be bothered, you know, they have to go downstairs to <laughs> fill up their washer and dryer with quarters and they don't have enough quarters. So hold on. Hold on. I already have a question. So I've never lived in a building that had like washing machines on each floor mm-hmm. or in the basement or whatever. Have you, have you, I assume maybe you have? Yes. Okay. So do they have a change machine there usually? Yes. That's what I, that's what I think. Well, you, you typically, if if you have a laundry machine in the in the building, you may or may not. Some do, some don't, whatever. Right. But if you go to a laundromat, even right. if it's self service laundromat, there's definitely a guy there who's more than willing to give you quarters for whatever. Um, so weird. So this stupid company, uh, and and we talked about like. SaaS for the sake of SaaS and just total bullshit SaaS. Right. The best response from this was from Mike Montiero, right. who just said, we're done here. <laughs> and just linked us. <laughs> just dropped the mic. Yeah, he just posted the link to washboard.co and just said, we're done here. That's that a perfect response. To that. <laughs> but of course, now they're shut down. Are they? Yeah. Cause Already? Because their payment processor, the only one that was willing to even look at them. Basically said that this is akin to money laundering or something. Right, yeah. so you can't something be doing stuff like right this. So they can't do it anymore. Nobody's willing to process their payments, of course. I did wonder if it was like – I mean I guess if you frame it as you're paying for shipping, then I wonder if it's really illegal or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I wonder how that all works. Like obviously I can just see the payment processors don't want to find out if it's legal or not, but I wonder if it actually is know. legal. It's just, just, it just reeks of one of those, uh, I don't know, 14 year olds using rails, putting it up on Heroku, <laughs> thinking of some SAS to sassify. And and it's so annoying. It had like a nice site. Like that makes it even more annoying. It's like, here's a fairly, I mean, it's not like the best site you've ever seen, but it's a nice site. Like somebody put time and effort into the site and, it's for such a ridiculous thing. And it was nice enough that then you didn't know if it was like just like some bigger company just doing something for publicity mm-hmm. and making some kind of point. But then you click around and you're like, no, there's actually like you can actually buy this. <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. Uh, see, I never have good ideas like that. I never <laughs> have a good idea like that. Um, yeah, some things in that same area kind of make sense. The, the people who deliver razors – for shaving, for example. Right. A diaper service makes sense. You know, things of that nature. Because also, if you're in, I mean, I mean, people not in the city go to the laundromat, but usually those people are almost exclusively going to a laundromat where there's definitely change machines. So then, yeah. like this to me is then only about cities. And like you're walking down the street, there's like 400 places to get quarters. Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess, so, so now you're only talking about it's in your building, and in your building, there's no quarter machine. So now we're at a pretty, like, I mean, you know, maybe there's a million people who fit that description or whatever. But, like, I don't know. The whole thing just seems weird. Like, yeah. and, and then how many people want to pay the extra four bucks for the quarter? Like, so now you've eliminated everybody who doesn't have just money to literally throw away, like, literally throwing away money. 
So how many of those people can there possibly be? Like It really looks like a SaaS that exists solely for the purpose of hitting the front page of Hacker News. Right. <laughs> well, that's where it would have made sense if it was really like hidden in there somewhere was some little link to the real thing. And right. this was just a, a fun ploy for Hacker News and the ilk to kind of get get under their skin a little. But So that's the end of that. I'm glad it died quickly. That was good follow up, though. You even had you even had a conclusion to it. That was great. <laughs> it wrapped itself nicely for us. <laughs> wrapped itself up in one week. How was that? How was that last week having five people on the show? I don't know. I don't know if I like the five people. Uh, people. It was hard um, because, like, I mean, it wasn't hard, but yeah. it was. Um, We're not digging ditches here. It doesn't work well because people are being alienated even though you try not to alienate anybody but you have five people on one person starts talking the last person who sort of chimes in is 20 minutes away right <laughs> uh so that doesn't work skype is having issues tripping all over itself um the editing is difficult because now you have four channels against one channel mm-hmm. um so whatever i don't know i guess it depends on if the People listening to it like that. That's like the only thing. Usually I'm not a fan of things like panels and multiple persons uh, podcasts and whatever. But um, it had to be done that way, right? Because you guys are – you're hiring like like your Uncle Moneybags over there. (laughs) Well, I thought it made sense to have everybody together because like – if we did like a whole month of shows with the Userscape dev team, it would seem like a little like they're taking over. And that was only half of Userscape. You got more. show. I know. Well, we do. We do have to get. Uh, we should get everybody else on. Content yeah. marketing that could be an interesting one. But Alyssa says she she's nervous about coming on. So I don't know. Why? I don't know. Something about like her voice on the on the podcast or whatever. I'm not sure. Well, I'm sure now you made her feel much better. <laughs> uh, peer pressure. <laughs> um, working on this. Um, talked about a little bit last time about sort of doing service-like things in a SaaS or product-like fashion. Mm-hmm. Working on this thing for a client where um, the app needs to be localized and translated. Right. Um, and you got to you gotta f- get that out to a different company because you're not going to do it yourself. You're not going to be able to. Because it's more than just like going into Google and, and translate and, you know, translating each individual word, which would be crappy enough by itself because the context of the sentence is missing so some words won't even translate correctly um, but you also need so, certain like regional knowledge you know like um, yeah. the calendar might be different the way they phrase certain things might be different certain cultural things might be different so it's truly localization it's not just like internationalization for an app so you gotta give that stuff out to a different company and that is a service I mean it's clearly right. somebody sitting there doing it manually but this company that we went with, Tethrus, mm-hmm. I think it's pronounced, um, they really did a good job on uh, sort of sassifying their service. I mean, behind the scenes, it's all still one person or you know whoever's – it's an individual that's manually translating your work and stuff. Right. But the way they did it, you could upload your files, they parse them for you, they calculate how many words it's going to be, they make sure they don't, you don't pay for words that are, or sentences that have already been translated if you need to update or change anything. They do, they do diffs on updates. They do, like, um, they, they do a nice thing where um, if you upload a project and it's going to be uh, internationalized, you know that sometimes uh, the strings go up 
by upwards of maybe like 30% or something, especially right. if you use something like base 64, the, 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 width, the width of the strings go up because they start... Because you pay by the like character or whatever. Well, you pay by the word, but they give you this service for free that if once you upload your project, they automatically uh, translate your stuff into the pseudo language that gives you the, the widest possible difference in length of your content between what you mm-hmm. gave them and what the possible biggest difference could be depending on all the languages they translate to. Oh, and mean. the point of that is that you could take that pseudo stuff and put it back into your app and build it against that pseudo stuff to make sure all your strings fit right, physically right, right. in the strings on, on the screen and stuff and in the buttons and yeah. to make sure your stuff you know doesn't, doesn't trip up over Unicode because the pseudo language has accents on every character. Uh. So it's like the worst possible outcome <laughs> Here it is. Try it to make sure it works for you before you pay us for translation. That's brilliant because none of that involves any kind of human interaction or anything on their right. end. It's just them giving you so much value-added servicing on top of what they provide as a, you know, as a person doing work type of a thing. And then once you're ready with that, you say, here's my language. They give you a quote right away. It's all automatically calculated. And then you, you pay for that and they give you back the, the files translated and then if you have a diff or an update or something, you just upload those again. They do the diff internally, and they give you just a change set translated. Yeah. It's a great implementation of like a SaaS, like like a productized version of a service. We had a good experience too with a so we use a product called Transifex, I guess you say it as, and uh, so we wanted to like like localized, I guess, the certain strings in Snappy. So it's not everything, but it's only like the things that are public facing. So if you send an email, <clears throat> like there's a little bit of text in there or on the FAQs that are public. And mm-hmm. so it's like button text and stuff. And uh, so we just needed, I don't know, maybe it's like 50 strings or something like that translated. And it's pretty cool. Like it understands a bunch of different formats for every language, for every programming languages, language file kind of styles. And we just uploaded them right out of our Laravel language files and it understood them and it gives like this whole interface. And then what's cool is, so I think through there you could hire somebody to do it. Um, but for our case, we just wanted a whole bunch of languages and most of the strings were very simple, like submit or, you know, email things mm-hmm. that are pretty clear. And, uh, so you can just like crowdsource it. Like you can just have people sign up and do it. Like just people you send there. So we just tweeted about it and, we got like 20 languages translated and it was crazy. So we have all these translations and you have people who verify um, other people's translations and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it was pretty cool. Like for if you have enough of an audience to where people are, might be willing to do that for you. I think we gave everybody a free t-shirt. That's what we did as kind of like compensation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, it was great. Like it, bam, like all these people just did the translations and you just, they, they will um, let you download the files back in the same format. So you just download them and dump them into the project and you're done. So for kind of smaller things where you don't need necessarily so much uh, like kind of perfection with it, then that would turn out pretty good. And I think it's like, they kind of get you because it's like 20 bucks a month for the smaller plan, which we're on. But it, you know, it's just sitting up there right now. Like we don't have people constantly doing stuff, but Oh well, I think I paid just paid for the annual and saved a couple months, and now it's there when we need it. Mm. I don't know if this Tetris thing is a monthly or not because I haven't. Uh, I'm not the one who. Uh, I'm just right. I'm the freelancer here. Right. <laughs> um, but they they do have a nice thing like they they you could choose whether you want a formal translation or like a casual translation. Right. It works nice. 
All right. So back to Userscape. What's going on over there? You guys are all over the place. Yeah, more stuff. We like, uh, well, there's, so forever, for like literally ever, one of the things I've always wanted to do is a job board. <laughs> for, forever since 30 Sun Signals did forever. it. Forever, yeah. <laughs> Whoever did it first. Was it, no, it was, I think Spolsky's was even before that, wasn't oh, it? Oh, was he? I think Spolsky's was first. Like the one that was just on Jolon Software, I remember, like way back. Like now they just push it through the career thing, I think, but... I think they had one before 37 Signals. Anyway, whoever, one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a great, like, I like, I like that. I mean, as a business, it's like simple and it has, obviously it's appealing, but it's also one of those things that's like total chicken or the egg kind of things. Cause like, if you don't have enough people, nobody wants to list jobs. But if you don't have jobs, nobody wants to come and see if there's jobs. So, and I, so, cause for a long time, I was like, oh, we should do this in support. And, but, we just didn't have like a big enough audience. Like our customer base alone wouldn't be sufficiently large. And so it just didn't, didn't work out. But uh, yeah, like a little while back, I was thinking that like, well, basically, especially since um, after the first Laracon, like people email me all the time and are like, Oh, we're looking for Laravel developers. Like, do you know anybody? Where can we find people? Where's the best place to look? Blah, blah, blah. So I've always just sent them kind of wandering because there's not, really like a place for it there used to be on the forums like just a category but it's just like a random list of just stuff you know it wasn't great and then people can comment on it which is weird so i think like a lot of real companies don't want to have a job posting that's commentable you know (laughs) so uh so it wasn't really like a good spot um and so then i was thinking about this again because like two or three weeks ago like uh i don't know if it was I don't know, a little while, two, maybe two weeks ago, whatever it was. It was just as I was starting to feel a little bit better from all my crazy headache stuff. I got like three emails in one day. And I was like, maybe we should just do a Laravel job board. And, uh, and the other thing is I was also looking for something for us to do for this week. Because I was like, it's going to be like a short week, July 4th on Friday. And uh, I was like, uh, and like Chris hasn't, hasn't done anything but help spot since he started and Taylor and Eric have been pretty much just working on Snappy for the most part lately. And so I was like, oh, give everybody like a chance to just do something. So I've tr- been trying to think of a project, something like little and simple that we could do in four days or whatever. And uh, so I was like, oh, I'm like job board. That's not like there's not a big technical challenge there. Like we don't have to figure out how some crazy system works or anything like that. Like we could just build it. And uh so it all kind of lined it up. So I was like, yeah, let me try, like, let me talk to them about it. So I talked to everybody about it just last um, Thursday, I guess, or something like that. Yeah, I think it was like on Thursday. And they were all down with the idea. So, uh, yeah, so we just started building it this Monday. And to me, like, so, so they're building the job board. It's almost ready um, to list Laravel jobs. But we also have people listing non-Laravel jobs. Like, I think... Um, Dennis Garak and uh, his company, who we know from like Joel on Software Days, going to be mm-hmm. listing some jobs that aren't PHP uh, and the other companies too. And so it's not going to be just Laravel, but it's going to be Laravel focused. Uh, but the, the kind of cool part to me is so the the chicken and the egg like business aspect of it, right? And and I, what kind of put me over the top on wanting to do it was what I talked about at Laracon in my talk, which was how you can like support open source software and open source development. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like a great way to do that because what we'll do is 
Um, we know a lot of people in the Laravel community, obviously, and a, a lot of these guys are doing and gals are doing really great resource sites or tutorial sites, um, services like Laracasts or the books like Dale Reese and those guys. So um, we're like, hey, all right, well, let's just split the revenue with them. So you know, if they send us, they become partners. And if they send us people who add jobs, then we're just going to split it 50-50. And we'll even take care of the credit card end and the overhead. So really they're getting more than we're getting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it's a way to like give back to these people doing open source, either directly doing open source development or indirectly supporting the community with knowledge and services. And uh, hopefully then that becomes like a win-win-win where these community sites get to make some money other than just like throwing up Google AdWords or something that makes five bucks a month, just worthless stuff. Uh, you know, people looking for jobs have a place to, to find solid Laravel jobs in one spot. And um, we can hopefully make it a sustainable business that runs on its own without, uh, you know, that is at least marginally profitable uh, with that setup. So we'll see. That's a, yeah, it's a, crazy to build something in one week. I feel like you over here. It's like we're, we're cranking <laughs> something out in a week. It's crazy. I, I like that, the, the revenue split, the business side of that. Yeah, that's the part that I really liked. I thought was, I don't know, I feel like that can kind of make it because we can have the whole community supporting it so you mm-hmm. get enough people to know about it to list jobs. Because And I feel like if you have the jobs, then people will find you who are looking for jobs, but but you got to have the jobs. And so, uh, yeah, so we have a pretty good chunk of people who have already contacted us and are going to be there on day one. And hopefully so, so you're going to have some, you're going to have some jobs on there when you launch. Yeah. Yeah. We should have at least, I don't know. I mean, I haven't added up and some people are doing multiple, but it looks like we'll have at least like 20 or so. So that'll be like a good start. And, uh, that's just people who have kind of seen us tweeting about it and stuff. It's not, linked up on any partner pages or anything else and it's so amazing how people are hiring at that specific level of technology like laravel like when i was looking for work like when i was younger out of college and looking for work the people hiring didn't even like know what they were hiring for like we need programmers that's it that's like the the extent to which they know what they're talking about yeah it is crazy uh it's weird i mean i guess it's like one of those things where if you build you know, if you have a SaaS app written in Laravel, then you probably ideally want somebody who knows Laravel, though, you know, and I think anybody, you know, if you know other languages, you're going to be able to pick it up and all that kind of stuff. So I don't, I don't think it's, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but at the same time, it obviously lets you jump ahead by several months. And, uh, and that's why too, it's not going to be, like I said, not going to be only Laravel. I mean, Laravel will definitely be our core, but I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of shops where, um, like maybe your consultancy and you use Laravel. So you're hiring a developer, but you're also hiring a project manager. So list both those, you know, here. And also I think too, you get people who, you know, okay, they are a developer and they're on Lara jobs looking for a job, but they're not necessarily opposed to being a project manager. And so they're looking to change um, from just straight dev work, let's say, and mm-hmm. things like that. So, or uh, a, and then one of the jobs that's going up is a support job, and it's for a software company. So, you know, so that person having a technical background is awesome and is a really hard thing to find, actually, a lot of times when you're hiring support people. So, uh, you know, so I think there's a lot of potential overlap in these things. And uh, if, if we just get high quality traffic to it, that people will be able to find. Uh, find their hires 
through it. So we'll see. It's definitely interesting to like cram everything into this short period of time and just you, you got your something. short project that was actually of yeah. some value out of the week. Yeah, no, it's hopefully I mean I think the thing is like hopefully too with the partners is like that it keeps it rolling, you know. So like we've been making a big fuss about it and so okay, we have people who are listening initially, but it's really gonna be more about like can we get that steady stream of jobs so that whenever you come back there as someone looking for a job, there's new stuff there every week or whatever, and not just, you know, one post a month or whatever, and then it, it'll be not that valuable. So we'll see. Um, hopefully that's the case. Uh, there's um, actually been thinking about recently about um, there was a post in the forum about <clears throat> somebody uh, going back to a nine to five after running their right. company for a while. And I was actually thinking the other day about, if I did uh, have to go back and do like a nine to five, like what kind of position that would be? Because I left a long time ago, and uh, that was um, those were just I guess mid level developer jobs, right? By the time I left, so like it wouldn't be a developer job anymore. I think I, mean, I have no idea what I would be hired to do with th- that much. That. <laughs> I mean, you would go into a company and they would be like, "Well, you're a programmer, okay," but I shipped like. 10 times the products that your entire company has ever shipped. <laughs> um, so, and I don't want to be like a middle manager because that's not like what I've been doing on a day-to-day basis either. Right. So, I, I don't know. I think like like the more, the most fit thing would be like a CTO at some startup, like really early stage. Right. That would be like, I think the mo- most fitting thing for my skill set. That's kind of like, yeah, when I think about it, the only thing that would be appealing to me, I think, it's tricky though, right? Because it's, I don't know, like, would I want to work, a startup is the most obvious one, where if I think about a big company, I'm like, eh, not so interesting, other than maybe a very, very small handful, uh, where I wouldn't even be a, a fit. Like, I would like to work at Apple, but... I would just be some flunky. Like I'm not going to be working with Johnny Ive, right? So that's that's not any place I'd work. There's no actual evidence that Johnny Ive is anything more than like a robot in the white room. <laughs> Nobody's ever actually seen him in person. There might not even be a bottom half to him. It's just right. it's just a, it's just a t-shirt and a head. Right. Um, yeah. So and then, yeah, like uh, being a developer somewhere, I think my developer chops are not really sufficient at this point. Um, but yeah, so working at a startup, but then. Being the like, I kill myself at the startup. I mean, I work a lot on Userscape, but you know, it's my baby, and I've been doing it for ten years. Uh, and I don't, you know, ask the employees to work, you know, eighty-hour weeks or anything like that. So I don't know. I feel like, but do I want to be the guy who goes and works at eighty-hour week now, kind of mandated um, with the lottery ticket? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I guess you know, you do what you got to do at some point too. So it's kind of also always a factor if things went south and I needed a job then that's uh, that's also a factor but uh, yeah I don't know in sort of the perfect world scenario where you're just picking yeah I guess I, I want to work at Userscape basically <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a, a, somebody at Userscape where we have uh, you know we work our 40 hours and uh, we have some fun other people around and it's not too big so you're gonna go work for Taylor Atwell one day. Everybody's be. gonna go work for Taylor Atwell <laughs> at one point. He's got a lot going on, that's for sure. 
<laughs> that's amazing. Well, that's one of the crazy things, like just from last week's show, that it's like, yeah, how entrepreneurial everybody is. And we didn't even have so those. Right, so we talked to the developers, and Taylor has Forge, and um, both the guys, Eric and Chris, both have newsletters that are really popular. Um, and Eric has had a company before, but also Rebecca, who does our customer support, has had a company before. And Alyssa, who does the content marketing, has had a company before. So pretty much everybody at Userscape has. And Jamie pretty much runs Userscape. And Jamie runs Userscape. So she, she has entrepreneurial experience for sure. So everybody here is very entrepreneurial, which I think, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those interesting things too, because you always hear about like founders. You know, hire for trust, and they hire people who are kind of like themselves or whatever. So I, I guess I kind of fit that mold in a sense of looking for people with attributes that are similar to mine. But I don't know; it's kind of interesting. But it's worked out well so far. So let's see. All right, <clears throat> what else we got? What's up with uh, your world? So you've been doing this freelance. Is this a new freelance gig? Um, this, same, the localization, uh, existing client, new thing. New thing, okay. And uh, Scribbleton. What about Scribbleton? I, I actually haven't done any work since we talked to the since we did the last podcast, and I don't uh-huh. know why. Like, I haven't. I don't know where the days disappeared. Like, uh, you know, Coder Rabbi. You follow yep. him on, on Twitter. He I don't tweeted. Follow, I know. You don't. I, I know who he is. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other day, he tweeted like my wife informed me that it's Tuesday, which means I like I lost a day. I have no idea where it went. Now I have to like work <laughs> extra hard. <laughs> I'm literally like this since the last episode. Like I have no idea. Like I know I haven't touched the code, but I don't know why. Hmm. Um, the UI is ready though, so I'm I'm implementing the UI for the uh, for Scribbleton. So well, yeah, I mean, you kind of had a, a big run on it there. I feel like so. You know, maybe it's like your your mind needs a week off. It's incredible for a minimum viable product how many iterations it went through. And the database um, concurrency layer was redesigned three times <laughs> <clears throat> because um, you know there's no server; it's all just client, client, client. And um, when you're working client, client, client with uh, SQLite as a backend, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff you have to do yourself <laughs> in order to make sure they don't step on each other's toes. Um, and, uh, you know, threads are, are threads. It's always going to take like four times as long to do anything when you put a, a, a second thread into it. Um, and then uh, SQLite has issues with, with database access from different threads. There's a, a whole bunch of pain points there. And yeah. then the UI needed to be redone because it was just my UI initially. It was ugly. So Victoria did a UI on it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know what's funny? I was just thinking about this this morning. You ever seen this movie with uh, Chevy Chase? Um, they went out into the countryside. He's a writer. And oh, and the best. Wife. Yeah. What was that Funny movie Farm? Money, funny Farm? No, funny Farm. Funny, yeah. funny Farm. Great movie. Love it. Uh, but sort of in the end, there was he's like a famous writer, and um, – and he, he has like the perfect setup with his favorite typewriter and, and a view out the window. Right. And like he needs like, he needs like the perfect environment around him in order to get, to get anything done. Like, right. And he still can't get anything done. And then his wife is not a writer, but she like sitting on the porch with like a pen and a notepad. And she managed to, you know, over the course of whatever, managed to actually write a nice children's book by the end of the movie, whatever. I'm not, right. I'm not spoiling a 30 year old movie, right? right. <laughs> um, 
So it's like that. Like I have these like mon- I have a 30 inch monitor flanked by two 24s. I have these expensive keyboard and this super duper machine and this separate office with a door and everything. And sometimes I like sit there and I can't get anything done. And my wife has like half an hour of available <laughs> time a day after the baby has gone to sleep. And she has like a Dell computer because she refuses to spend more money than like $300 on a computer. And she will crank out these amazing user interfaces in like such a short period of time. And so it reminded me of that movie, like how much like (laughs) the only thing that matters is like the work. Everything else is such bullshit. I think wives are optimized for that because like Jamie's the same way now since we've had the baby. And like just recently we started having babysitters come to the house like – starting in the summer here in the end of the spring and they're here like 20 hours a week now because she just has like tons of stuff to do and there's just a lot going on that got behind during the baby so she's been working a lot but even besides that or even when that's occurring but she just like sits down and like cranks out a bunch of stuff at like nine at night for like 45 (laughs) minutes because she's like this is the 45 minutes i have (laughs) and like a whole bunch of stuff happens and gets done that would take me like four hours because i don't know when you're just sitting there it's like I don't know if it's just because you're doing it continuously and then <clears throat> the time just slips by quicker or what, but when you know you have that true pressure of it, this is literally the only 45 minutes I have for the next three days, and if it doesn't get done, it's not getting done. So, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one to, to do the whole men versus women thing, but from, practical, from, from personal experience, uh, to me, women are, are so much more uh, selfless than men are. Like, yeah. like we, even just looking at myself, I'm so much more like I need to be pampered in my environment <laughs> in order to get shit done. And my wife will just like do stuff that needs to be done. Yeah. Well, there's the yeah the practicality or something there. All right. The drive. <laughs> so what else we have? We uh. Oh no! There was something else. What were we talking about just before that? There was something else. I uh. Oh, the writer. Ah. I don't know. Something with Scribbleton. Oh, yeah. Scribbleton. The crud. Like, just with Lara Jobs here. I mean, it's amazing how much time we spent on just, like, just setting stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, the login. Like, the same. Every, just fitting the pipes in the background together. Yeah. Like, all this stuff. And even though Laravel makes it super easy and, we ha- and we're using Angular for the front, which makes it much easier than the other stuff we've used in the past. But, like, it's still there's just like all this plumbing stuff that <clears throat> has to be done that's annoying, and I just want it to like be built into the browser or something. Like the like user authentication is somehow in the browser, and you just have a meta tag that magically makes it all work, or some, something simple that not where like every time you have to reinvent the entire. It's not even system. reinventing it. You're plugging stuff together that already exists. It's just that you have to go through the same steps every time. Yeah. You have to put up the website. You have to go find a template. You have to go get an SSL certificate. You have to put in the admin <laughs> thing. You have to confirm the admin thing to get an SSL certificate. You go into Apache. You can't figure out how to put in the SSL certificate. So you got to go Google that. You figure that out. You put that in. SSL is up. Then you got to go put the database up. You got to go make sure the server is not falling over depending on what kind of setup you have. So now the server is up. You put that thing up. You put up a landing page. You got to hook that into campaign monitor or Mailchimp. So you got to go take care of that. And it's always the same steps, yeah. and none of them have to do with the product. Yeah, it's rough. I feel like there's. I feel like there's a solution, but I'm, I'm not smart <laughs> enough to envision what it is. I mean, because there are these big, you know, Google, whatever platform. Or, you know, there are those kind of things, but those don't ever seem to be the solution either. So. 
You would think it would be, but it's not. It has to be something more like abstract. You know, we've gotten away from like, I don't know, I kind of miss the days where people invented standards for things, you know, like you had RSS and you have email and HTTP, like now everything is only in within the confines of companies. And so that makes everything kind of crappy. Like Twitter, like Twitter should be a thing like email. It should just be a protocol and, and, and everybody builds this protocol. But instead it's this company and you're kind of like have to work around its weirdness and... There used to be these things, sort of like think tanks, but they weren't corporate think tanks. They were like, uh, like um, uh, the the Spark place. The uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, Lucent. There used to be something else before Lucent, uh, like yeah, Bell yeah. Labs. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or Xerox Park, right? Right. Where where the whole entire point of the building is to get together people who are really, really smart from all sorts of industries and, 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 and to get them together and, and work on new things and innovative things and, and smart technologies and stuff. And sort of the monetization of these things is sort of uh, uh, a secondary consideration. Yeah. Uh, these things used to be, but they're not any longer, or at least I don't know of any. That would be a great place to work. Like, to work at Xerox Park or Bell Labs back in the day, it's where it's like guys getting together and like inventing the network and the mouse and, and all right. the goodies <laughs> and Windows and, and everything. Um, I don't think any any of those exist anymore. Um, I don't even know how much. I mean, companies have research departments, right? But they don't kind of release what they do to the general public or whatever it seems. Or if they do, it doesn't seem to catch on. I think in, yeah. in, in, in sort of in, in, in a major way, open source has replaced all that. Yeah. Because sort of like everything new that you grab onto as a developer now is pretty much coming out of open source efforts. Yeah. But that's always so focused on the software, you know? Like nothing gets done at the protocol level or, you know... Well, but, I mean, it's similar. There's work. I mean, I don't know how fast it gets adopted. Yeah. And after that, like like the latest C plus plus standard, um, you know, when stuff like that is released, it's been worked on for years, and, and you know, people fight over what the best implementation of this and that and that is. Yeah. And then when it's released, it's going to be another ten years by the time all the compilers implement that, and then it's going to be another ten years by the time all the CTOs decide that the compilers are safe enough that they could and use that's it. That's all the existing group. stuff, you know. It's nothing new. Oh, you want to go even lower than that? Well, I want to go lower than. Yeah, I don't want to be in the software. I want to be make Twitter a protocol that is universal. That's why like everybody's on email right now, right? Everybody's moved back to email completely because everybody's realized that well, if we just depend on Google, whenever they see anything is popular, they just dial up the numbers so that it's impossible to do anything. Like the best you're going to do is basically break even or slightly better than that. But you're not going to be able to, and you can't control the conversation. And it's just like mobile, right? Like you can't control the conversation you have with your customer. We've completely abstracted that and hidden you, and you're just the software flunky who builds software, and you are not allowed to talk to the customer. <laughs> so the, all these, everybody wants that wall in the middle so they can charge you to go between the wall, or so they can just block you out completely and keep control of the people, and you don't have any access to them at all. So everybody's on email because email is it. Email is the last open thing. Uh, communication, digital communication kind of form. Email's all we got. There's alternatives to everything except that none of it is, is pushed 
Like, you don't have to use Twitter, go use IRC. Yeah, but IRC is not the same. It's not the same for the exact same reason why it's not popular because you got to be sort of techy and you got to go in there and you got to figure out how to get all your people in the same area that you want to talk to. And it's certainly possible technologically. Twitter did not invent anything to build Twitter. Twitter put together a database table to make Twitter happen. Yeah, and the client kind of infrastructure, like the IRC clients, you know, you have to be on there. I mean, I guess it's probably somewhere where it's archived or whatever, but it's not. It's not interactive, but yet still potentially delayed in the way Twitter is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Twitter invented anything. Maybe it's a you, client. Maybe maybe somebody needs to build an IRC client that works like Twitter. Uh, it won't be me. <laughs> oh man, I thought you were going to say good idea. I'm doing it tonight. <laughs> ah, somebody needs to build that. Send me a link when it's done. Whoever is building your version of uh, the podcast what was that roulette wheel what was, what, what was talking about podcast podcast uh what was in i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> it was that five second video thing what was that called oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't remember okay never mind we'll have to go back and listen to ourselves such a good idea you don't remember what it was <laughs> no wasn't it audio i thought it was audio it was an audio version yes. of twitter not twitter Whatever that stupid five-second video oh, recording thing is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing Twitter owns, Vine, right? Vine, right. The audio version of Vine. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> that was a brilliant idea. Whoever is working on that now. <laughs> yeah. we'll Give it, we want the update. How's that coming along? <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening. Sorry about the conference. Um, but Ian is dying. So <laughs> we'll have to wait to make sure until he gets better. Uh, to the, put on the conference, and then we have to make sure. Well, we want to. We, we want to. I, I want to do a good conference, and yeah. if it has to be a crappy conference, just to do a conference, it's not worth doing. So I don't want to do a crappy conference. I might as well wait and do a good conference. Yeah, and we could dedicate ourselves completely to it. That's because that's what it takes. It's like all-consuming. So it's a yeah. real bear. So go talk to us at uh, discuss.bootstrapped.fm. And all the podcasts are up on bootstrap.fm and on iTunes, and our Twitter handles are on there as well. Um, if you want to sponsor the show, get in touch with me. We're booked up for the next couple of episodes, uh, but um, I guess on that I'll talk about what the results are, but the results have been really good for the people that have sponsored <laughs> yep, so far. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, we are, and we have a new sponsor too. We so do have, we have a new sponsor, second coming, sponsor up. coming up. So. so if you're interested in sponsoring the show, get in touch with me. Um, you'll figure out how. Yep. Um, and we'll talk again next week. Later. Bye-bye.